Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the radio. It's ridiculous that they're in this situation. I will give them credit for the lengths they're going to get it fixed. But I thought it was pretty telling to go out and trade for a guy when it was all set. Back strips it! My oh my! Khalil Mack, he is unbelievable! WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. Eddie Jackson for the fifth time in his young career Oh, that is awesome. You got to be careful with Ernie Scadden. He's always watching and listening. So that's actually from Sports Talk Live last week. And John's, he called it the John's Hogue Podcast. I like that. I like that. It's got a better ring to it. So that's funny because I you know when he said it, I did. Uh, and we, <laughs> we, we, we love the cat man. Uh, very much, David Kaplan. That was the voice of Capper. Um, he he's, he introduced me from the John's Hoke podcast, and it did like for a second. It was like okay, like it did register in my brain, and then I completely forgot about it. But Ernie makes a whole open out of it. I love it. Okay, your your uh, your facial expression. You can definitely tell that you were like. I can't correct him, but it's uh, it's weird. It's weird for us. I actually made a face on the TV. Yeah, you did. Oh, well, that's funny. Just like, a, a, how could you not? It's a reaction. No. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I think we should keep it. I think we should go with it. I think it's always, should have always been that way, yeah. to be honest. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, well, the initials would be better that way. J-H instead of uh, H-J. <laughs> if, we, if we're trying to abbreviate the thing, let's be honest about that. Uh, okay. Anyway. That's awesome. We could call it the John's Hope Podcast, episode one. Here it is. We're starting right now. It's uh, actually it's fresh look, fresh open. <laughs> Some love on TV. I like it. Hey, I like pe- it. people were worried the podcast was going away, so we just started over right now. Episode one of the John's. It's episode one of the John's Hogue Podcast. It's episode two thirty of the Hogan John's Podcast, depending on what you want to call it. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue H O G E Adam Johns J A H N S. And our guy, our producer, Joe Romano in the house, at Joey Joe Rowe. See, I got Getting after it on the phone today, baby. Joey Joe Joe Jr. Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. Oh, no. Hi, Joey Joe Joe. We'll have to cycle through our two uh, 
our two awesome <laughs> Joe Romano uh, drops here now that we have two of them. Uh, you can read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. TheAthletic.com is where you read John Z or on the Athletic app. Please subscribe if you uh, don't already. This podcast is free. John's writing is not, but it's uh, very, very good. And but it's worth it, Adam. It is worth it's it. It's worth it. It is worth it, yep. You don't just get John's. You get... Uh, Pretty much anything you need from any team in the world, and I even saw you guys are doing video now with Armin Kitayan. So that's cool. That is, that is true. We are expanding rapidly. So yep. come along. Uh, pretty soon, we're all going to work for the Athletic, whether we know it or not. Uh, search Hogan Johns, Apple Podcast, Google Play, tune in. It's on Spotify. Rate and review. We appreciate you doing that. How's everybody doing, guys? Good, good, good. I, this, this new setup, I think people should tell people who are listening, we're not together today. We have things going on in our personal lives, but we're on a Facebook live chat. I'm purposely hiding myself. Well, you two, I can see your two ugly mugs quite yeah, clearly. Wait, but wait, wait, I am wait, wait. You can see the fern in the office here. Let's clarify. Uh, two of us are working like a normal <laughs> Thursday. One of us has stuff going on in our personal lives. As I'm currently looking at some kind of plant upside down um we set this up so we could see each other via the great technology in the world i think this will sound just fine um but i am looking at a plant uh, an upside down plant instead of your face yes yes are you trying to hide so i can make you know facial expressions and inappropriate (laughs) gestures when you say stupid things i don't want you to see it all right well you guys can still see me when i pick my nose so, okay. Okay. Um, he does that, people. He does. Yeah. All right. Um, this is episode 230. I figured it was time to kind of update that since we don't say that anymore on every single one. Um, I do want to tease one thing. We are. I'm. I'm going to do a, a very vague tease here because we're still working on the details. But we are working on another uh, exciting live show. It's going to be a little different. And there'll be more to come on that in the coming week. So there's just a little tease for that. But make sure you're listening over the next couple episodes because uh, it's going to be pretty cool and you're going to want to be a part of it. So there's a tease for that. I also want to plug something if I can. Uh, This weekend, and we've talked about this before, my son has 22Q. Uh, it's a genetic disorder that not a whole lot of people know about, but it is uh, very, very prevalent in the world, second only to Down syndrome. So it's uh, something that more and more people need to know about. And I just want to let everyone know that this weekend, the 22Q Family Foundation that I work with does a, is doing something really cool. They do this every year, uh, and it's a, a team of 12 runners are going to run from Chicago to Madison, Wisconsin. That's a long way to run, over 200 miles to help raise awareness and funds for 22Q. Uh, each mile is dedicated to somebody with 22Q, and one of those miles uh, will be run for our son James, um, which is very, very cool, and we appreciate that they're doing that for James. And so for more information, go to werun22q.org, and uh, you can donate there if you'd like. You can also follow 22Q Family on uh, Twitter and Facebook, at 22Q Family. Uh, and there's more information there. So uh, hope, hoping we can raise a lot more awareness for 22Q because, unfortunately, most people don't find out about this until someone they love has it. And it is manageable. It is treatable, um, just like it has been for our son, who is now playing T-ball and living a, a mostly healthy life. So, What team? What team? Yeah, what team on the, what T-ball team? Uh, Vernon Hills. 
Vernon Hills? Yeah. Everyone's the Cougars, but I think technically we're the A's because we're the green team. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know. John's runs a whole freaking league, so he could tell us more about how all that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you guys have A's hats? Um, no, they don't give us like the, uh, the what type stuff. of communist league are you guys running out there? And running? I don't know. I, uh, I, it kind of surprised me, but I'm, that was kind of the coolest part when you were a kid. Like I remember being on the yes, Padres yes. and the Orioles and the Mets and the Cardinals. I think I was like on every team in the world, except for the White Sox, which I wanted, we've, always wanted to be. We, we've been the Giants four, five years running now yeah. in, in T-balls. They go from son to son to son and everybody else's kids who wants to join our team. So yeah. anyway, yes, kind of it's a, for you, right, John C? What's that? Those colors kind of clash for you. That's not really something that you're trying to do, right? What? Orange? Yeah, orange I don't do black. orange. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do orange. Um, we get these nice um, coaches shirts that, that, are, that are, you know, we got some dry fit uh, polos this year. So we do it right here in the city of Chicago, Adam Hogue. Wow, dry fit polls. We just get dry fit T-shirts. So, uh, man, that co- that extra collar must cost some some, some big money. It does. It does. Yeah. It does. Um, but back to your point. Yes, worthy cause. I know you got it all over your Twitter, all over your Facebook. For a second there, Adam, I thought you were going to pump uh, our guy Kevin Fishbane's tires a bit because he's got a big weekend here himself. Well, it's on the list. It's on the list. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear this. This is we are we are dealing with all these obstacles this week. We're not all in the same place. Now I got a, a, a enormous storm that is apparently hitting here. John's, if you were here where you were usually are, we'd be sitting uh, with like lightning outside and thunder. The dog is freaking out. Every once in a while, Maggie makes an appearance on the podcast. She's doing her best today. So, it's, I mean, it's all kind of crazy this week on the Hogan Johns podcast or the Johns Hogue deal, whatever you want to call it. We just needed to stay dry on Saturday for our, our guy, Kev. Yeah. So, Fishbane is getting married on Saturday. This is big. This is big, yeah. Some people in the media room would probably say it's about damn time. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I also feel you know it's like it's like a little bittersweet. You know, I'm very happy for him, but you know, it was it was always nice having the single guy. Now that is just Chris Emma. Yes, it is Chris Emma. He's 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 got to be the next one, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are they doing a uh, pre-wedding celebratory uh, baseball watching activity? Tonight at uh, White Sox Park for. No, he, uh, we, we do have this one beef, Joe, with Kevin. We've tried so hard to organize a beat writers only bachelor party. Yes, we've tried so hard to convince him to do that. You know, he doesn't need it, but but we need it. You know, <laughs> exactly. All the married guys on the beat with kids. We yeah. need that, and Kevin fought that tooth and nail. So we need to bring that up tomorrow. Yeah, and, Saturday, and we weren't invited to the bachelor party, so. Yeah, it's he didn't, you know he didn't want the George Costanza effect. Two worlds colliding. <laughs> um, you could tell your wives that it's a work thing. Gotta yes, go out. It's a work yes, thing. yes, yes. It is a work we, thing. Yes, excuses already built in. See, <laughs> maybe we'll just have to do something in London. Oh, yeah. now we're on to something. Retroactively, uh, follow Kevin on Twitter at kfishman. What's the hashtag they're using for this wedding? Too, it's actually pretty good. 
I think Annie caught a fish or yeah. something yeah. like that. Hashtag Annie <laughs> hashtag caught a fish. Annie caught a fish. Well done. That's pretty good. It's creative. Love a good wedding hashtag. So congratulations, guys, from the Hogan Johns, Johns and Hog podcast. Johns and Hog podcast. Congratulations from the Johns and Hog podcast. <laughs> Even you can't figure <laughs> out what the hell it is. Uh, and then there, there is also big news, guys, uh, that we have to get in here. Maybe I don't know if it's bigger than Fishbane getting married, but uh, John's this really just applies to me and you, and maybe some of our listeners. Unless Joe, you're going, and I don't know the Rolling Stones concert. Back on, baby. Back on. Yes, yes. You got that email too at seven in the morning. <laughs> I don't get an email. That's kind of concerning. Yes. Oh, I got it. You ready? Oh. Friday show is on, man. Yes, same dates. Which I'm feeling really good about the fact that I did not cancel that hotel room. I kept telling myself, there's a chance. There's a chance it still happens on the same day. And I uh, kept the hotel room. Now we're sitting pretty. Rolling Stones, June 21st. Well, that's a good idea. You don't have to share it with the masses, but text me later. You know, I could probably get it. Is it a Marriott property? Hell yeah. Okay. Okay. It's not a bad idea there, my it friend. It's definitely a Marriott, and it is a... Uh, yeah, that's that's enough. But that's is a, you should take advantage of that situation. Uh, yeah, it's June twenty first, right? I think so. That's when I'm going. So perfect, and it's the first show of the tour. So you know, Mick Jagger is going to bring it because it's the first one. It's the first one back. Um, it should be good. So uh, there was an Instagram video they posted of him like dancing and getting ready for the tour. The other day, I mean, he's in better shape than I am. <laughs> After I saw you shoot that basketball the other day, absolutely, Mick Jagger is huge call out. Yeah, um, I didn't know that a, a video of a basketball a basketball video could create such a storm. Yes, yes. So other people have commented on your your willingness. <laughs> so, how long did it take you? to set up your phone to get the angle that you wanted and how many times did you actually go through the process of shooting the basketball so you, you made sure it went in um okay i'll answer both truthfully the uh first one is like two seconds you just set up i mean your phone and it just points towards the basket that's i mean you know but the angle is important okay just just saying okay uh, so mr expert that, that, took, that took one try is to set up the phone as the least complicated <laughs> thing in the world. Uh, and then I, I needed four shots to get to go in. That's the best part. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll see how many. I can't believe you posted a rehab video of yourself shooting a basketball. Why not? Uh, why? Why so? <laughs> so the truth is the uh, I didn't take the video to post anything originally. I took the video to see how I was doing because you can't really tell. Um, like I know how... M- the kind of lift I usually get, and it wasn't even for shooting. It was for, uh, like, I was literally doing layups and trying to see if I could even jump. Um, and then after I did it, I was like, hey, here's a shot of me making, here's a, here's a, you know, a video of me making a shot. Let's do it. But I definitely shot the ball four times from that spot before it went in. <laughs> You're like that guy that goes to the gym, you know, here's 20 ounce curls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. 
I didn't. Oh, I, again, I, I, I didn't know this was so controversial. I, I, I thought I had better stuff saved up to you know to, to rag on you a little bit, but yeah, I, I, I literally laughed out loud when you posted that on Instagram. I'm like, here's a guy who hurt his knee playing basketball, so he's gonna post a video of himself playing basketball. And thumbs up, he's okay, everybody. It is amazing this world that we live in, and like the backlash, the haters that are out there on social media. The haters that are on this phone call right now, actually. I know. I mean, here I am. I hurt my knee four weeks ago now. I was so excited to get back out on the court, and now I'm getting ragged for it. <laughs> you know, my, my my dear friend, Pat Gavin, I've, I've known him forever. He has this saying, you, you know, who needs enemies when you have friends like these? <laughs> I immediately got texts from some of my college buddies too that were like, did, "Yes, yes." Did I'm Hope glad, really I'm just post the? Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, it was like, yes. did Hope really just post a picture of him shooting a basketball? <laughs> yes, he did. All yes, right, he did. Apparently, that's not allowed. I did not know yes. that. I will never do it again. And that why you know everyone, if you want to know why it's named the John's Hope Podcast, it's because of things like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that has to do with it, but okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, Go on. All right. Uh, this is kind of a dead week for the Bears. I mean, they're in between rookie mini camp and OTAs. In case you couldn't tell by us not talking about the Bears for the first however many minutes of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we're getting there, people. We swear. We so we yeah, are. We are, we are getting there. This is probably a new record though before we actually get in the football talk. No doubt. Um, so how about that Bulls draft pick? Oh. <laughs> Jesus! Wow! 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 I, I was actually quite stunned uh, when just just watching it kind of unfold and the the seventh pick. I mean, how many times have they had the seventh pick? And it, it, it kind of blows the mind <laughs> a little bit. But just kind of a, seriously unfortunate. And I know they put in new rules, but just wow, just bad. Yeah, I mean to to fall any farther out than fourth. Maybe fifth because you knew there was a chance you're going to fall back, but the fallback three spots was ridiculous. So yes. this this had me thinking though, because um, the NFL loves to make events out of everything, and I I don't usually watch the lottery or pay much attention to it, but I happened to be around on Tuesday night, and so I was watching it, and I could not believe like the amount of uh, I was just picturing. Okay, they have this big event. In Chicago, all the draft picks are there. ESPN is on set. Like it looked like the draft, except it's not even the draft. Yeah, it's just a bunch yeah. of ping pong balls that they're figuring this out. Um, and how come the NFL doesn't take advantage of something like this? Like I don't know if it. The, I don't think the NFL needs a lottery because I don't think tanking's nearly as big of an issue. But just as an event, I mean, think about how big it would be. Yeah. Well, I, look. Anything the NFL produces, people are going to watch. That's why there's three days of draft coverage and like a bunch of build up to the draft to begin with. That's why the combine is now what? How many days? It's, it's just a televised event. Everything they do is a televised event now because the ratings are, are always there. <laughs> I, I would not like it. I don't think teams would like it. Obviously, the, the NBA is a bit different, but yeah, when you have like a transcendent talent like that and Zion Williamson. Uh, I don't know 
I'm trying to think of a, a comparison that would come out in, in the NFL. Like you always have different quarterback rankings, right? Like a Peyton Manning year, an Andrew Luck year. Mm-hmm. That would make it a little bit more exciting. Like Michael Vick's year when you have that transcendent quarterback coming out. But yeah, I, I hope the NFL never considers anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessary. Um, especially beyond like maybe the bottom three. The, the thing that the thing about football, and I remember we were having, we're not that far removed from having these conversations a couple of years ago about is it in the Bears' best interest to be losing these games in December uh, because of the draft pick. I mean, that was a huge conversation just a couple seasons ago. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. the thing is, is you can, and I think this applies to all sports, but it's even you can't play the game of football. You got to picture the players on the field. You can't play the game of football without going all out on every play or you're going to get your ass kicked yeah yeah you'll get hurt you'll get hurt trying to lose being a loser and you, and you, you see that happen actually when teams kind of quit you know you see some types of surprise injuries kind of pop up but God, could you imagine if there was a lottery for yes the ratings would be astronomical but the the, the reactions that you saw from like Knicks fans and Lakers fans, it, it, I think it'd be 10 times greater with, with the NFL, oh, yeah. especially when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, think about it this year. I mean, um, just between the Cardinals and the 49ers and who picked third again, um, jets, the jets, which we're going to get to in a second. Oh, that's a tire fire. Um, the Raiders, like just the, the, Anxiety leading up to who's going to get the first pick, which has been insane. Um, so here's my question, though, and actually this came from Paul Paps of the Dan Patrick Show on Twitter yesterday. I found this question fascinating. But if you were a New Orleans sports fan, would you rather things play out the way they did with getting Zion, or go back in time? Get the pass interference call correct in the NFC Championship, but you're trading losing the lottery. Which would you pick? If all if I'm a Saints fan, a New Orleans sports fan, so you're I, a fan. Think, you got to be a fan of both teams to answer this question. Oh, that, that's fair. Okay, okay. Um, I would probably lean towards the football side of things because I think as a New Orleans sports fan that my allegiance would be more tied to the saints uh as opposed to the pelicans who have an awful name <laughs> you know what i'm saying like the, the saints have such a strong history in new orleans that I, I think if i were a saints fan that's what i would want i'd want such a disastrous blown call to be reversed in my favor Look, the Pelicans already had the number one overall pick. They took Anthony Davis, the Chicago kid, a, a few years ago. So they, they've been here before. I know Zion Williamson is the next transcendent talent. I get that. I just said that. But give me the give me the the makeup on the blown call if I'm a Saints fan. Yeah. See, I think I think the um, the equivalent here in Chicago because I mean we're not from New Orleans. I, I, I believe the gap though between uh, Saints fandom and Pelicans fandom though is probably even bigger than it is here in Chicago between Bears and Bulls. Okay, um, because the, I, from my understanding is the Pelicans barely have a fan base. Um, but if you're a diehard Pelicans fan, maybe you would take Zion over over what happened to the Saints in the NFC Championship game. But I think the comp here in Chicago that we could say is if you could pick between the double doink bouncing in. 
and the Bulls getting Zion, which would you pick? No. Oh. And, and 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 it is notable that we're talking about a wild card game, not the NFC Championship. Like we're just talking. Yeah, about- yeah. I know what I know what you're saying. Um, wow. Hmm. That's a tough one. That's a tough one because the Bulls have been down and out of it. Yeah. I, I, look, I still think that there's a segment of Chicago sports fans that kind of favor basketball or, or hockey. Right? It's one or the other for some of them. Just like it's Cubs or Sox. I don't know why it is. I think the Blackhawks have changed that. I thought Jordan changed that. But I still feel like you have some people sitting on the fence um, for some reason. The Bulls have their six. Uh, I'm thinking Bears. Uh, again, I'm thinking Bears because it's been since 1985. There's only been one Super Bowl appearance since then. This team, many fans thought would be special. Yeah, I think I'm going getting rid of the double doink and passing on Zion Williamson, which is actually not that easy of a decision. Joe? Yeah, nothing's guaranteed, obviously, but I think advancing in the playoffs is more important than, you know, as as highly as Zion Williamson is, is rated, is he, is he actually going to be a LeBron James type where he's going to go to eight straight conference finals and, you know, go to the finals that many times in a row too? You know, I, I don't want to dog Zion. I think he's a good player, but, I mean, he didn't even get to the championship game and in NCAA with the rest, you know, with the rest of Duke's roster. So um, I think because windows are so small in football for new Orleans, it's, it's no question. You're it, it's, you're in the super bowl. I take that one in a heartbeat. I think in the, in the wildcard round, maybe it's a little bit more of a debate, but uh, I'm also a football junkie. I take football over. Basketball. Yeah. You know, and just to try to wrap your mind around the Chicago dynamic of things, I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but to me, the Bears have always been viewed as like this unifying team in the city, right? Everybody's got their allegiances and favorite sports, but everybody loves the Bears. Everybody loves football. And they've always just kind of brought people together, you know, south side, north side, all that stuff. So at least if we're arguing from a fan's perspective, yes, getting rid of Cody Parkey's double doink, I think, would be the preference for for. For, for everybody's Chicago sports fans. And, and Joe, I think you do bring up some good points. I don't think he's quite on the level of a LeBron James sign Williamson. I, I would have been just fine if the Bulls had ended up with John Morant. Uh, yeah. I, I find him to be just as fascinating. Uh, I mean, both players are incredibly entertaining. But if you watch John Morant in the NCAA tournament, I mean, some of those passes he was pulling off. I mean, he, he to me, is also going to be an incredibly good player. So... I mean, I, to me, I was going into this to the lottery like, well, it'd be nice if the Bulls could at least get in the top two. To fall all the way back to seven, uh, frankly, I mean, that's a huge blow for them. I, I think, I think uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about this question, though, is we're talking about, obviously, it's a huge hypothetical, but you're, you're talking about uh, a good thing for a franchise that would, for probably the next decade, Versus kind of just like a one-week good thing for the Bears because nothing's guaranteed beyond the next week. Mm-hmm. I think they would have had a very decent shot of making the Super Bowl had they won that game, but certainly not guaranteed. So uh, it's an interesting question. But I think in New Orleans, they probably would all go back to that, to the... Uh, the, the blowing pass interference. Yeah. Absolutely. Because just, yeah. just being at the Super Bowl the following week, I mean, that was... Still, such an enormous story. 
Mm-hmm. And talking to Josh Katzenstein, who who covers the Saints in New Orleans, there at the Super Bowl. I mean, that's all he was covering the whole week. Even in Atlanta, uh, was the angle of you know the the, the team be, maybe the wrong team being there. And in New Orleans, that's all the newspaper was covering for weeks after that. It was that big of a deal. So um, there was a guy taking out billboards, spending thousands yeah. of dollars in advertisement. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and like Johnsy said, you know, the, the Pelicans had just gone through this with Anthony Davis. I mean, they've had the number one pick on their roster, and have they even advanced past the first round? You know, I think it's different if you, if, like you said, you bring it to Chicago and you put Zion on this roster with a, with a core group of players, it's a little bit different of a question. I think in New Orleans, that's, that's an easy, easy answer. Breeze in the Super Bowl, for sure. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. All right, the other uh, thing around the NFL I wanted to bring up before, we're going to talk about the Bears depth chart a little bit too here. Um, but our old friend Adam Gase, Johns, what is happening in New York right now? <laughs> well, according to my guy Manish Mehta, the Jets reporter for the Daily News, that apparently there's some type of power struggle, or there was a power struggle. <laughs> you think? Yeah, yeah. And Adam Gase has won. The guy who did not draft Sam Darnold, the guy who wasn't there developing Sam Darnold in his first year, has won. And look, you just hired Adam Gase, so obviously he has some leverage there. But what the heck is it? I, it's these New York teams, guys. It, it, it's from the Giants to the Knicks and James Dolan, and now with the, the Johnsons and the, the Jets. What the heck is going on in Minneapolis? <laughs> it's It's crazy. But this Jets yeah. thing is especially fascinating because, it, you know. Le'Veon Bell seems to be in here somewhere in the in the power struggle. Um, you know, I get the sense that because it, it, it seems like Adam Gase did not want Le'Veon Bell, and they went now out. Now he's got him for a lot of money, but go right ahead. now he's got him. <laughs> yeah. But that to me, because in, and then the guy doesn't show up for the offseason program. Um, there seems to be a rift there already between now your your big highly paid running back and the head coach. Um, and I don't think they saw eye to eye on that signing. Now, the one thing I'll say about this is if, if it's coming down to that specific thing, I agree with Adam Gase. Like I, I thought, you know, the bell thing just seemed like way too much of a risk um, to do it. Especially at that running, especially at that position, being a running back, it just did not seem worth it to me. And so maybe Adam Gase realized that. But the thing is, is you got him anyway. <laughs> you don't really, yeah. ha- you don't really have a choice here. Um, so you got to figure that out. And uh, you know, I've talked to some people who were were actually baffled that Adam Gase even got another opportunity in in such a big market with the Jets. As like uh you know, with the thinking of what has this guy done? You know, what has this guy done to earn uh to, to earn this job? And I, I even go back to I still think it was interesting when the Bears hired him as their offensive coordinator that he was supposedly the hot commodity out there for a head coaching job. He didn't get one, and then he ended up having to come back to Fox. To Fox. And we talk, I mean, we, we've talked about this before, but when Fox got hired, John Fox did not think Adam Gase was going to be an option. 
No, and no, we, he thought he was going to be hired elsewhere. And we thought, like, at the time, we were like, okay, so what's wrong with Adam Gase that he didn't get one of these jobs? Because it seemed like he was going to. And now, uh, of course, he had the good season with Jay Cutler in Chicago. He ends up getting the Dolphins job. It did not go well down there. And then he, like, sort of elevates to the Jets job. Now he's got a GM title to go with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, where like it's just a it's a fascinating thing with one specific coach in this league. Like, how is this guy getting all this power without really doing anything? Yeah, yeah. It's one. I think it speaks to the shortage of actually qualified head coaches out there. That some of these owners are just so impatient and anxious to get victories and titles and playoff wins, all these things that you want, right? But they don't want to actually hear about a long-term plan and how it actually takes development and it takes drafting well to get there, right? They want these instant fixes. And a lot of these coaches jump at these jobs thinking they could get these instant fixes when in reality, a lot of these teams need to be overhauled, overhauled over three, four, five-year spans. It's what happened with the Bears. I mean, Ryan Pace was promised patience from George McCaskey and he stayed true to his word. That's why Matt Nagy is here. That's why Mitch Trubisky is here. That's why they're actually able to establish the core. These things take time. It's why the Bears roster is where it is right now. But, look, the Johnsons are impatient, obviously. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it across the NFL. And, look, there's a shortage of qualified candidates, and there's a shortage of patience on owners' parts. So, it's a common story, but to see it become this kind of – scandalous back page New York tabloid like story is kind of something else. Well, and, and our, uh, our colleague Tom Silverstein in, in uh, covering the Packers had a story last week uh, yeah. on the dysfunction in green Bay, which we've talked about on this podcast now for two years. I mean, from the moment they made that power shift where everyone's now reporting to different people um, and the GM's not overseeing the head coach to reporting to different people. It's really odd. It, we saw that this we saw this coming, and that's created friction in Green Bay. Yeah, too many cooks in the kitchen, man. Too and, many cooks in the kitchen. And now, in it, it just it, it never ceases to amaze me how so many franchises screw this up, and the Bears have done it in the past too. But I think we've seen from what we've covered in Chicago that the best way to do this is have to have a clear structure. A clear structure. This guy reports it. This guy reports it. This guy all the way up the ladder. Because otherwise, you create infighting. You create conflict. And uh, right now, it's it looks like Gase is going to handpick his general manager and not report to the general manager. I I just it does not seem going. This is going to go well. And if you're in the Jets, I mean, I, we've covered now two GM switches and head coach changes. Uh, well, more than that, and co- coaching changes. But with the GM switches in Chicago, like if you're going to go hire a new head coach, you should have made this move back in December to fire the general manager. Yeah, and then you go get the general manager who then hires the head coach. You don't have you don't hire the head coach to hire the GM, and then you fired him after the draft. Like the timing of all this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Not only did you fire him after he fired a coach and, and hired Gase and then spent millions upon millions, tens of millions of dollars in free agency, he ran the draft, he was signing draft picks. It's Obviously, there was a, probably a big blow-up 
that happened, right? Like so, at some point, some everything just came to a head, and I get that's how things happen. But you know, when things simmer like this, and you don't have clear lines of communication, and you have different egos at play, this is what you get. You get on the back page of the New York tabloids, and everybody is embarrassed by what you've become. Yeah, I just, uh, man, it's just, it's just crazy what the, what's going on in New York right now. Um, I think the big question here is, if you became your own boss, would you? What, what's the first thing you would do? Give yourself a monster raise or fire the people you don't like? <laughs> huh. I would take the monster raise, and I would give the people I don't like awful jobs within the organization. <laughs> But see the the thing here to me, so it it's not like Mike McCagnan deserved to continue to be the GM. I mean, he hasn't done a whole lot. Um, and I even questioned the move to sign Le'Veon Bell, which obviously Adam Gase did too. Uh, but it's just the the order that all this is happening, right? It's just they should have made they should have made this move back in December, mm-hmm. then hired the GM, who then hires the head coach. Not this weird backwards uh you know uh, turn of events that's basically unfolded now you're looking for a new gm in the summer you still have Le'Veon bell the head coach is going to demand all this power and again not that i'm ragging on gase too much but he still has a hell of a lot to prove yeah and now he's in new york so oh man it's just it's not looking good for the jets I'd love to see the Jets draft room. You know how they have those videos of like, hey, we're calling this guy. I bet it was all arguments. I bet it was all, you know, yelling at each other like this isn't our guy. And they got a really good pick with the number three overall to get out of Bama. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm sure it was a disaster over there. You see, like the Bears want arguments. They actually encourage arguments to be to, be, to, to happen when it comes to the draft. They don't want to have a bunch of yes men. In, in their room, but by the time the draft actually comes about, like by the time 7 o'clock hits on that Thursday night, they've already come to an agreement amongst their directors, amongst their scouts, about what their unified grade is going to be. You know, mm-hmm. So I, I imagined some of that infighting continued with the Jets and has continued after, and it continued in free agency over Le'Veon Bell and, and what, the $56 million you gave him? Just bad. Just, just we we see it all the time, though, Adam. Joe, right? This this is not the first team this has happened to. Um, mm-hmm. For the first time, you actually see like sometimes it's usually the GM that gets the extra chance. But in this situation, with Gase being the new hire, you saw the coach. You know, he's the one who was sided with by the organization. Yeah. Well, this is playing out kind of. It's predictable. And uh, by the way, the smoke isn't clearing up in Green Bay. I mean, I I have. A lot of doubts. I continue to have doubts about what's going on there, and we've been calling that now for a while with that strategy that they've been doing there. Uh, good luck with that. So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. All right. Should we talk about the Bears' depth chart a little bit? Oh, I thought this was just like a Bulls podcast, Jets podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're starting to know. Well, this is you. This is what the Johns Hogue podcast sounds like. <laughs> See, I'm at the format. Johns and Hogue. I, I, I'm secretly sabotaging this whole thing so that people <laughs> want to go back to the Hogan. Actually, podcast. this is probably the most entertaining episode people have listened to in months. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Yeah. Um. All right. Let, let's. Let's kind of go through this quickly. I mean, we could do a whole, you know, 
two episodes on the whole depth chart, but I want to. Uh, uh, okay, quarterback, no changes, right? You're not. I don't anticipate any changes. Should play out similar. Mitch is the starter. Chase Daniels the backup. Tyler Bray maybe on the fifty-three man roster some weeks, and he may not be. What I don't know is if he has practice squad eligibility anymore. And I yeah. kind of think I, he does. I don't think he does. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think he does. does. So maybe the whole big difference is that Tyler Bray might not be around this year during the regular yeah, season. And, and, you know, and here's the thing, though. If you, you have this, as we get to the other positions, you'll, you'll realize why the Bears may need their roster spot anyway. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about Tyler Bray is I don't the Bears value him differently than other teams because of the, he knows the system. He's been around. Uh, he's great in that quarterback room. So if the Bears do lose him, he might still be available if they need to add him later. You know, God forbid, God forbid Mitch gets hurt again. Um, so something to keep in mind. All right, running backs. This will be interesting. Um, it just, I mean, really because the Bears ended up drafting two running backs, but uh, obviously David Montgomery will have a chance to win the starting job. My guess is he'll, you know, have a good shot to do that. But I, I really think that fans are going to, I'm going to tell you this now on May 16th and keep it in mind. Um, this is a running back by committee team, and they all do different things. And one may end up getting more touches one week, and one may get different touches next week. I don't know that on this depth chart there's going to be a clear-cut number one guy, number two guy, number three guy. Make sense? I, I, I think it's going to be David M- Montgomery. And the, the reason why we're doing this, everybody, is because OTAs open up to us on the field next week. So this is like our off-season program preview, in, in a sense. To, to me, Adam... Matt Nagy's going to have a guy he's going to lean on more than the others. He's trying to figure out how much that guy is actually going to get. Because you're right, he does not need a bell cow back. He wants to have a committee, a by committee approach. And I tried going into some numbers uh, in my latest piece on, on the Athletic. Um, what do we title it? Uh, the whole package: Why Matt Nagy can be more creative with rookie running back David Montgomery. So let me just throw. Um, a couple numbers. Wait, what was that Adam, called? The whole package? He's the whole package oh. because Matt Nagy called him that. Yeah, you know, trying to expand his yeah. package. Were you there? He struggled with expanding his package. Oh, J.J. Stankiewicz talking about packages again. All right, so Hunt had 200, because this is Kareem Hunt. So let's go back to Nagy's uh, first year as our, uh, Kareem Hunt's rookie year, right, where Kareem Hunt burst onto the scene. Became a superstar, right? So that year, he had 272 carries. Alex Smith was second with 60 carries. Sherkandrick West was third, the running back, with 18. So there's a big disparity there. Yeah. But if you looked at snaps that season, pure offensive snaps plays, right? Hunt was on the field for 64.8%. West was on there for 21.7%. So... Obviously, there is a shared workload to consider here, but I, I do think that David Montgomery will be in maybe the fifty-five to sixty-five point percent range in terms of on-the-field participation. Yeah, I just I I think the situation is a little different because Tariq Cohen. I know he's sort of considered the Tyreek Hill here, but he's a running back, not a wide okay. Receiver. So let me give you some more numbers. And I and they paid Mike Davis to be on the field. Right, I got numbers, Adam. I got numbers. He's got All numbers, right. everybody. So Jordan Howard last year was on the field, believe it or not, for 624 offensive snaps. That's 50, 
at its 58.1%. Cohen was next, 495 for 46.1. Taekwon Mizell, Benny Cunningham combined for 107 plays. So obviously you could see the different roles kind of emerging here. But you're right in saying like Mike Davis is here. But do you? Uh, he, but here's my question to you then: Do you think Tariq Cohen's numbers or playing time is going to go down because David Montgomery's here? Yes, I think it's going to be refined. It's going to be refined. I went through some other numbers. So Cohen and, and Howard were actually on the field together 99 times together. Yeah, yeah see, that's the number I think that goes up. Yes, because yes. I don't think Nagy wants Cohen's number to go down. No, so no, I think I, that I, number I, I, you I just referenced goes up because I think they're going to be on the field more together. So my conclusion in, in all this is that Cohen could have some type of brand new role. He's not, look, he's not a full-time running back, right? He, he's not an every-down back, I should say, nor is he a full-time receiver. But he's got this explosive, dynamic role where he's a pretty good running back, he's a pretty good receiver, and he's really dynamic in space. So I think Matt Nagy can be more creative. I, I think you're going to see kind of a whole – onslaught of different things if you start including Mike Davis, Cord- Cordero Patterson. Um, if, if Kareth White Jr. makes the team, you're going to have a whole array of, of different looks that the Bears can, can uh, attack teams with. I think the Bears end up with four running backs. Um, obviously, Montgomery, Davis, Cohen. And then the question, I think, is between Taquan Mizell and Kareth White. I think it's Kareth. If you're, if you're debating who's going to make the team between those two, it's going to be Kareth White. Probably, but just because the guy's drafted doesn't mean he makes it. I mean, he's got to show it in training camp, and we haven't, That's seen, true. We haven't seen this guy yet. So I'm not ready to hand the spot over. Um, I would give him a you know a greater likelihood at this point, though. Okay, uh, let's go to wide receiver. This is going to be a crazy battle. Um, Allen Robinson, obviously a lock. Taylor Gabriel, still a lock. Anthony Miller, assuming he's healthy, still a lock. Cordell Patterson, Lock? Yes. I mean, he's only got one year guaranteed, but you'd have to eat a pretty good amount of money if you didn't keep him. Uh, okay, so that's already four guys. And Riley Ridley, is uh, he's making the team. So that's five guys already. Yep, yep, yep. It's... So that how, about, how, how about this, Adam? Like, are, the Bears are no longer the place where receivers come to die, is it? Ooh, that's a good point. They're not dying here anymore. No, um, they have a lot of them now. Because they have a coach that knows how to use them. Yes, how about that? They how, how times have changed. Uh, you know, even under Mark Trestman there for a minute, it wasn't too bad for wide receivers. Brandon Marshall put up some pretty damn good numbers. Yes, he did. He didn't, yes, he did. he didn't yes, come he did. to die in Chicago, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, and neither did I, I, neither did Alshon Jeffrey. But yeah. I think if anybody is, you know, Taylor Gabriel had this, he had a big year last year, right? Career highs across the board. But I feel like his role in Nagy's offense could be—I don't want to say diminishing, but I don't think the, the targets aren't going to come his way unless he's, you know, one-on-one down the field anymore. I think you might see Ridley. Miller's obviously going to have a bigger role, too. But so, And Allen Robinson's only 25 years old. So you're, there's going to be a lot of balls spread around. And I don't know if a lot of them are going to be thrown in Taylor Gabriel's direction. That's what I would say. So here, here's what's interesting, because that's five guys already named that are, you know, going to be on the team. 
Uh, you always factor in possible injuries. So maybe one of those guys gets eliminated, um, not from the roster, but you know from the, from the picture because he gets hurt. Uh, they, you then have Javon Wims and Emmanuel Hall, two young guys that might be battling for a six spot if they decide to keep six wide receivers. But that's pretty much the max you're going to keep is six. Um, sometimes you're down to four. So you know, I don't think they're going to seven wideouts. And there's one interesting name behind that. Um, and no, sorry, it's not Tanner Gentry. It's Marvin Hall. Uh, I don't like right now. If I'm Marvin Hall, I don't feel really great about this situation. But he's kind of like the speedy guy that's uh, more of like maybe Taylor Gabriel's backup in that spot. So if something were to happen to Gabriel, of all the guys, he might be the guy to fill in there. Unless they feel like Emmanuel Hall can take it over right away as a rookie. But that is, um, that's like the hardest wide receiver position to learn because of all the moving parts. So I don't know that you're going to have a rookie backup Taylor Gabriel. You see what I'm getting at here? Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And the other element we have to consider is that Josh Bellamy, who did get quite a number of snaps offensively, was also also a core special teamer. So having that dual role was invaluable to his place on the roster. And with Benny Cunningham gone, Josh Bellamy gone, you're looking for core special teamers to emerge. Who are they? You need speed guys. Who are they? Can one of, can Ridley play special teams? We saw Anthony Miller return kicks, but you, like you mentioned, Marvin Hall, like where are these numbers going to fall, and where is the special teams participation coming from? No, that's a great point, and that's going to be where some of these guys can maybe separate themselves uh, behind the scenes. Uh, you know, not really on offense. All right, tight end too uh, will be fascinating. Hey Adam, can I cut in real quick? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Are are you going to get to uh, punt returner and kick returner, or is that are you just doing kind of base offense and defense? Probably just offense and defense. So the the reason I, I ask is uh, with with all these these talented players and uh, the the depth at wide receiver is Tariq Cohen maybe are they, are they going to take punt punt return away from him to keep some of these wide receivers on the team to keep a speed guy like Hall on the on the roster is is that a possibility? Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, and that's where Kareth White can come in too. You know, he he can have value as a returner. So, um, because yeah, you know, Kareth White's got to prove he can tackle actually now too. Like going back to the special teams element, they yeah. need a gunner. They need some spe- they need some speed guys on the kickoff and punt units. So, you know, you got to display some versatility. But you can't just be the return man. Joe, it's actually a really good point you bring up, though, because like I think they were already doing that last year. I mean, to me, there's no doubt in my mind that Tariq Cohen could have been a better kick return option. Oh, absolutely. And they didn't. I don't think they put him in that position because there's very few kicks you can actually return, and then when you are returning them, you're in a vulnerable spot. But let's not forget, a big part of getting set up for the double doink there was the kick return that Tariq Cohen had. That was mm-hmm. they put him back there because they were desperate and they needed a big return and he delivered and I still think that's an area where he can be really valuable and dynamic but I don't know that they want to risk it so um, obviously bringing in Cordell Patterson and drafting Kareth White tells us they don't want him in that role as for punt returner maybe they still want him there I don't know um, but that'll be something we're watching certainly during the summer and in training camp. And, you know, he was an all-pro, pro pro bowler, whatever, as as a returner. So I I don't want to take anything away from his skills. Sure. I just feel like he's a little east-west. And, obviously, I'd rather have him touch the ball on offense rather than on special teams. Sure. Sure. If it was one or the other. 
All right, so tight end. Um, Trey Burton, Adam Shaheen, obviously not going anywhere. To me, this seems pretty clear cut. The Bears have carried four tight ends uh, for the most part. If all four of these guys are healthy, Broniker should be Adam Shaheen's primary backup, and Dax Raymond, as an undrafted free agent, I think has a great chance to make this team as Trey Burton's backup. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Broniker's also, God, I'm like obsessed with special teams today. He's a four-phase special teamer. As we saw, well, other than it is getting stepped on and falling down on the the block, was it block punt against uh, who else? Who was it? Patriots. Yeah, that right? was the kind Patriots. Game, but, but that was kind of fluky. He got stepped yes, on. Yes, yes, yes. But again, the, he got a two year deal, Ben Bronick, because he plays. He's on the field in so many different ways. Yes, he could be the backup. You, he could be the backup. Why? He could play in special teams. So obviously, he has a place on this roster. It's. Can Dax Raymond really emerge and be a good backup to some of these guys? And, like, we, we saw good things at rookie minicamp, but it's rookie minicamp. I want to see what he does in OTAs. I want to see what he does in training camp. But, yes, he does seem to have, like, an inside road, an inside lane on making the team. Um, all right. Meanwhile, uh, quickly on the offensive line, all five starters are back. The big question is James Daniels, Cody Whitehair. Where are they playing? Um, is there a switch there? It kind of feels like there's going to be. It sounds like it's already been made. It, it does. Kind of it does kind of listen to yeah. Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's something I think we'll have much more clarity on this week when we're able to get out there and see practice. Um, and you know, hear what the players have to say about it and what Matt Nagy has said about it at this point, uh, which we'll have all that access next Wednesday and then have another podcast for you Thursday to talk about all that. Um, I kind of totally forgotten Ted Larson's back with his sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just with Adam Gates. Look, look, yeah. look at all this podcast is coming around full circle. This is, full what, circle this is what we do on the John's Hoke podcast. Um, yes. uh, so, you know, he's got a chance to be your your backup interior guy. Like he, you know, that's kind of what his role should be. Bradley soul still in the mix. Maybe Rashad coward takes a step up to take over that swing tackle role. Um, and I don't know, Alex bars. Does he have a chance to push Ted Larson for that job as a rookie? I, I, I think he's completely destined for the, the red shirt year put on IR. Okay. Let, let him get healthy after he tore his ACL. He had some other knee damage too. I believe. The guy's pro material. When he's healthy, he's pro material, but he's going to need time to catch up. Do it right. Give him the year. See what he becomes next year when you're going to have concerns on your offensive line. Maybe Kyle Long is showing the door. Maybe, um, like, you're going to have a possible hole there. That's what I'm getting at. So, redshirt the kid with promise. All right. Uh, Let's move over to the defensive side of the football. Not a whole lot of changes, but uh, especially on the front lines of things. Uh, Keem Hicks, Eddie Goldman. Bilal Nichols, uh, all names you know and love at this point. Khalil Mack, he's pretty good, last I check. Can I give you a bubble player up front? We go straight to the bubbles. Let's get it. Jonathan Bullard. Yeah, I, I think he's at that point where uh, he did not make, you know, on the um, shortlisted disappointments last season, Jonathan Bullard didn't quite make the step I, I thought he would. And Bilal Nichols passed him by. There's no question. By the end of the year, he was the starter. Roy Robertson-Harris was, was in that rotation as well. So, yeah, yeah. Could be shown the door here. Could be shown the door. Yeah, I think he's a bubble guy. That's a good point. Um, 
your guy, Chuck Harris, you mentioned on the podcast last week, a rookie who could push. And then I think Roy Robertson Harris, maybe he didn't make, uh, I thought that was a pretty significant jump last year. And he's still young enough and toolsy enough growing into that position on the defensive line that he could take another step forward, which to your point about Bullard kind of puts even more threat on his job security. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think the Bears also like that undrafted uh, defensive tackle, Jonathan Harris, as well. So there's going to be competition up there. It's not the the biggest competition because guys are entrenched. You got your Hicks, Goldman, you know, Floyd and, and Mack. All those guys are entrenched. But, you know, the, the battle to back them up, the, the, those battles are ones to watch for sure. You know, that is a great point, though, as we look at this right now. Have we talked about one starting job battle doesn't seem to be there. I mean, like I don't even count the running back. I mean, sort of the running back is a battle, but it, that's more of a committee thing just to see how the carries are split. Like I, I, my point is like, there doesn't, there's not one starting position where, Oh man, this doesn't look great. We're going to have to see, uh, you know, two or three guys battle it out to see who wins it. You know, you're telling me you're, you miss covering the good old Jordan Mills versus J web nation. (laughs) Battle at right tackle, huh? I do not miss that at all. Jordan Mills is still in the league. So is J Web Nation. I know. Just saying. We've covered that. We've covered that. It's big. Um, All right. Outside linebackers Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd, Isaiah Irving, Aaron Lynch. Looks all very, very similar. Sam Macho is no longer around. Maybe Kylie Fitz, Isaiah Irving needs to take a step forward. Uh, But don't forget about Matthew Betts. The uh, French Canadian we featured last week on the podcast, and then you know a guy I'd kind of forgotten about until rookie minicamp. Remember Josh Woods from last year? Yeah, he had a pretty yeah. decent preseason until he got hurt, and he's yeah. still around. Yeah, Kylie Fitz. Remember he had a really good training camp last year, and then the, the preseason production kind of fluctuated. But I think that's wide open, wide open for these undrafted guys to stake their claim, um, at least come back to the practice squad. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if one, two, or three outside linebackers line, land in the practice squad. Um, just young guys, the Bears think they can develop. But that is such an underrated competition just because of how important that position is. You have three, two really stalwarts and, and one superstar, obviously, in Cleo Mack. One guy with potential still in Leonard Floyd. Obviously, Aaron Lynch came back on a deal that was not as significant as the one he got last year. So who knows what he can become. But that's a wide open spot, man. They, they're going to want four or five off side linebackers. And that's still to be determined. All right. So as we move the corner, I have a question for you. Um, they, they signed Buster Screen, who figures to be the starting nickel. Then they draft Duke Shelley, who... Uh, that's where they want him, and nickel, and probably hoping he takes over long-term eventually. But that is a six-round pick. We can't forget that. Uh, is Sherrick McManus on the bubble at all? Here's my obsession of special teams coming through again. You, yeah. you need reliable special teams performance. I mean, can we list some? We got Sherrick McManus, maybe Nick Kwiatkowski. Joel E.A. Beniwe. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's pretty damn good look for you. That. Look at that. We are. Wow. Who needs training camp? We are in regular season form right now, my friend. Stepping your game up now that your name's first on the pod. 
That's right, Johnson Hogue. Johnson Hogue, Cap knows what he's talking about. We mentioned Ben Broniker. I know Daniel Brown played on special teams a bit last year, but now he's gone. Like, who are your four-phase special teams guys? No, I, that's where I think Sherrick still has a ton of value. Otherwise, I think they're looking for a lot of these young guys to step up into those roles. Yeah, but that's those could be treacherous waters to, to wade into, my friend. You need guys who are experienced. You need to, guys who can recognize the trick plays and just be reliable out there. Well, your two backups, your, your two backup safeties better be pretty good on special teams. Yeah, Deion Bush, he's out there a lot. Oh, and I forgot DeAndre Houston Carson. He has emerged as well. So, but I, I'm telling you. You know, you could miss a Benny Cunningham. You could miss a Josh Bellamy if you don't have some of these young guys emerge. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's a fair. Point. And not that it really matters, but uh, McManus was also a team captain at least last year, if not a couple years ago too. Um, you know, leadership in the locker room obviously is pretty important. Oh, absolutely. Uh, on second year of a two-year deal, he's been kind of renewed, been renewed a few times with two-year deals, um, but this is the last year of that deal. So. Uh, but you're right. He's great in the locker room, and he's a leader on the team. So, And then there's a the kicker. Okay. I did admit earlier that whole spiel about how they're not really competing for starting jobs. I take that back. I forgot about the kick. <laughs> how could we forget? I blacked out and forgot about the kicking spot, which we spent 30 minutes talking about last week. Who's your uh, – we should – can we bet on a guy? Should you take you, – you pick your horse, I'll pick my horse? Ooh, okay. I'll let you go first because I'm 50-50 okay. on two guys. You're 50-50 on two guys. All right, I'll go with Elliot Fry. Okay. I'll take Eddie Pinheiro then. Okay, what's the bet? Joe, you want Chris Blouet? Blouet? Uh, yes. I or, the, or the field. You can have the field. Yep. Ooh. So the field is a potential uh, acquisitions up until camp? I think you got to pick between Blouet or the field. You can't have both. Okay, I will take. Uh, I'll take the field then. Okay, all right. I like this. What's the bet, Portillos? Uh, okay, I like Portillos. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That's good. All right. So, what the two losers are splitting a uh, a meal for the winner? All right, we'll we'll work on the bet when all it right. comes <laughs> to it. Yeah, we got time. We got time. Uh, but we all got our horses now. Uh yes, I'm going Eddie Pinheiro. You're going Elliot Fry. Joe has the field. I like this. Okay, I like this. All right, this will be interesting. Now, see, now we just made training camp and OTAs a bit more fun. Yeah, it's good. Um, all right. Anything else we need to get to? No, no. Thanks for listening to the Johnson Hulk podcast. <laughs> uh, next week we will be back for. OTAs. It'll be nice to uh, you know be able to talk to the players again, the veteran players. We'll have uh, probably some interviews. Uh, Matt Nagy will be talking. There'll be a practice we'll be able to watch. Obviously, the normal practice rules apply, which we won't be able to share everything. Uh, but anything they talk about, we can discuss. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Good episode. Episode one of the Johnson Hope. Nope, John's Hogue. It's not John's and Hogue. It's John's Hogue podcast. We, we took out the end. Well, I didn't do it. Cap did it. John's Hogue. 
By the way, I, there's like a 99.9% chance Cap is listening to this because he is a loyal listener of the John's Hope podcast. Yes, we got to get him on one time. Sure. He'd probably do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. Um, all right. Tough guy. Yep. <laughs> all right. For Adam Johns, follow him on Twitter at Adam Johns. At Adam Hogue. That's where you find me. At Joey Joe Rowe. Our producer, Joe Romano. Thanks to Ernie Scadden for putting together another great open letting us have some fun with that uh please again if you if you don't mind check out uh and it's all on my twitter account facebook instagram the the we run 22q run that's going on this weekend to benefit 22q the 22q family foundation please check it out very cool event they're doing and uh if you'd like to donate sponsor a mile you still can appreciate you looking into that and uh yeah, read us, wgnradio.com slash bears, theathletic.com, or on the Athletic app. That's where you find all of John's good stuff and his, uh, you know, stuff about packages. Search Hogan John's, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify. It's all there for you. We'll talk to you next week. We're going to be simple. We're going to play fast. We're going to play hard. We're going to kill it, okay? This is a great acronym, you guys, right? Kill it. Keep it likable and learnable.